All right. Welcome back to the Cigar Box Guitar Builder podcast. Um, been a little far and few between at the moment. Um, we've started up a, a new YouTube channel. We had started up a new YouTube channel um, called the Birdwood Guitars Show, which was actually about um, local musicians in our uh, Katoomba and Blue Mountains and Western Sydney region. Um, and also the guitar builders who've built guitars for our store or just artists in general, people who've inspired us uh, in the shop. Um, so we started up a, a YouTube channel with that and then I realised I've already got enough YouTube channels because we've got this YouTube channel, of course, the Cigar Box Guitar Builder. I'm driving at the moment, so this is how this is my time to try and talk to you about what's happening. Um, so... Yes, we've got the Cigar Box Guitar Builder YouTube channel. Uh, we had the Birdwood Guitars YouTube channel. I had uh, the Retro Electric YouTube channel, which was, of course, for the electric uh, for the effects pedals uh, that we build under the Retro Electric name. And then I started up a new channel called the Birdwood Guitars Show. Um, now, what's actually happened is I've changed that the name of that to the Birdwood Guitars Show 1.0. Uh, the reason being is I'm going to discontinue that and everything's now come under the new channel, which is the old channel of Birdwood Guitars, but I've renamed it the Birdwood Guitars Show. Alright, so we're going to be talking a lot about CBGs, cigar box guitars, three string, four string, solid body guitars, electric guitars, basses, um, effects pedals. We'll be talking to musicians who use cigar box guitars and also just use standard electric guitars uh, we'll be talking about the guitars that I build because if you're not familiar with the guitars the six string electrics that I build um, you'll find out that I really approach those guitars with a very rustic feel um, probably my greatest uh, inspirations are would be Rick Kelly and Cindy Hoolidge from Carmine Street Guitars I love what they do um, there's a great movie if you go and check it out on on uh, the iTunes. Uh, the other thing is uh, the Geppetto Builders, um, Rock and Roll Relics. I love relic guitars. I love instruments which have been beaten up and just ridden till they, they're ready to die and then you give them a boost of energy and they come back. It's amazing how many little old guitars I've, I've pulled back from the brink of death just with a little bit of TLC. So anyway, this is what's basically been happening, and this is why you haven't really heard a proper episode of the Scarbox Guitar Builder since oh, a good few months ago. All right, but we've had a lot of other content up, so please bear with me. Uh, I'm not giving up the show, but it has been a good year and a half uh, to two years since we've had any real solid content coming through. We're still getting people joining and still getting people listening. Um, so thank you for those people who have been uh, sticking with us. Um, I'm on the roll, so you're going to get a few ums. I'm thinking as I go and talking to you as I go. The reason for this podcast is based around the idea of taking care of your instrument. Uh, I've had a customer who purchased a um, cigar box guitar from me on eBay, and I just got a message from them not 15 minutes ago saying, hey, look, I'm still waiting for my guitar to turn up. It's in the post and on its way, but I just had some questions about taking care of my guitar. So I thought I might 
talk about that just a little bit. Um, most, it, it's going to depend on who builds the cigar box guitar for you, alright? So, let's start out with a very, very rustic style cigar box guitar um, that you may have bought at a flea market or you may, may have bought at your, your, a, a thrift shop or a, or a secondhand store or Uncle Jim built it for you in his back shed because he knew you loved guitars and it's it's a bit knocked about it's a typical old cigar box but there's no finish on it okay so one of the things that you can do when you have a cigar box a if you have a cigar box guitar that your that you've just purchased have a little look at it to make sure that it's been it's been given a bit of a treatment uh, what i mean by that is some sort of a clear coat now the reason for that is that we as human beings, we're going to sweat. Now, sweat is a very corrosive material. We sweat salt, we sweat water, and it's very corrosive. It's, it's quite acidic at times. So have a look at Shane Spiel's uh, famous um, cigar box guitar, the one he first built. There's barely any finish left on it. The paper's come off. You're talking about uh, an instrument which has been made from disused or, or refuse Material which was never intended to deal with sweat or water damage or rain or humidity or to be had picks or fingernails dragged across it while strumming. So have a little look at your, at your guitar first and just check that it's been given a clear coat. Now my suggestion for you is this. If it's not been given a clear coat, there's a couple of... There's obviously a, a wide range of different finishes that you can use. What I'm going to suggest to you are just the ones that I use and the ones that I'm comfortable with and the ones that I've tried. So the first one is, I'll, I'll mention this one because a lot of people do use it. I've tried using it. I'm not big on it. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of it. Spray on um, clear. All right, just a, like an oil-based spray, spray on clear. Uh, I know a lot of people probably use that. I don't like using sprays, uh, and the reason for that, very simply, is that I'm not really set up for spray. I tend to find that spray will pick up a lot of dust, and my work area is quite dusty. Uh, it's basically a hole underneath the house, and I don't have any dust extraction. or So everything I do is very, very rustic, but the idea is I don't want to attract dust if I can possibly help it into a finish. So I tend not to use sprays. The other thing with sprays that I don't like is that they're very smelly. Uh, they kind of go everywhere, and if you don't have de decent extraction around, it's it can be pretty nasty stuff. It can give you headaches, and you know, in the worst case scenarios. All right, so that is the first thing you can use. The second thing is, I should mention, of course, take some photos of the guitar. What I would suggest you do is that you take the strings off. You put a little marking where the bridge is sitting on the body. And the reason for that is a lot of builders will be like me. If they're not using steel uh, intonatable bridges, like the things that you can get from MRWS or from, you know, uh, from, from CB Giddy or MGB or any of the other places, at eBay, blah, 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 or wherever you get your, your pieces and parts from, um, if you're not using one of those bridges, you're probably going to be using either a bolt or you're probably going to find it's it's a piece of timber. I tend to use a nice piece of nice piece of hardwood for a um, for a bridge. 
uh, on my uh, acoustic instruments or my piezo powered instruments. I tend to just like that. That's the way I, I like to do things. Um, so my suggestion would be mark that bridge where it is on the body and remove the strings. Take everything off the guitar that you can possibly take off. Now that means not taking the neck out or any of that sort of stuff, but if you can just bear the box open, so, well not open, bear the box by itself. So if there's corners on it, see if you can remove the corners. I know this is a malarkey. This is maybe something that someone, if, if you've bought the guitar or been given it, this is maybe something that someone never even thought of doing. So I wouldn't be cross or angry that it's, that it's, that it's not there. Uh, having said that, if you've spent three or four hundred dollars on a cigar box guitar, I would like to think that it had been finished in something to protect uh, the paper uh, or protect, protect the timber. I would like to think that at the three hundred dollar mark maybe or above or even two hundred and fifty dollar mark, um, so, you know, someone would, would give it a good coat of clear. Um, Alright, that's my thing. Anyway, um, so give it a good coat. Now the, the second thing that I use, and this is the one that I've, I've tend to use the most, uh, I tend to, I'll brush it on, um, I tend to use a brush on um, uh, water-based clear coat. Um, there's one that we get here in Australia which is Cabot's. Um, it's, it's a water-based clear I find it actually goes on really nicely onto even the shiny paper. It will adhere to the shiny paper, um, and that's that. Often, I think is is a really, really, really good one. Um, I don't want to say polyurethane. It is water based, so double check and, and check that it's a water based, not an oil based one. That's the one that I use. Uh, you may be using something if you're in the states or in in. The, in the UK or something like that you may be using something a bit different and that's all groovy as well of course um, next thing would be again I brush it on let it dry and then I usually will give it a second coat if it, if it is going on to a shiny finish I will quite often use a second coat of, uh, of the clear um, just to give it a little bit of extra and now focus around those corners too so you may want to just double check and have a little look to make sure that the corners especially if, if they've put um, protective corner pieces on just double check underneath that those corner pieces uh, that where the paper has been folded just double check to make sure that that's actually been glued down you can use a bit of super glue or a bit of water-based glue or some Mod Podge or whichever type of adhesive you want to use to glue those uh, the paper in on those corners um, and just make sure you don't have anything rising any of the, the trim kind of rising I usually use a little bit of super glue and I just whack a little bit under there and just close it off uh, I often find that super glue is really great it dries very quickly and and um, it's it's pretty easy stuff to use uh, so that would be that now the other one is I was using, um, and the other one is uh, a shellac. Now, I, I do use two different types of shellac. Uh, if you're using the, the, cedar, um, the cedar boxes, um, if you're using, just going past a big truck at the moment on a narrow road, 
Um, if you're using cedar, the cedar boxes, things like the Monte Cristo or the Partagas boxes, those lovely um, uh, cedar timber boxes, uh, which have been given a, a, a stamp or sometimes they burn in, has uh, been branded, you might find it, uh, it'll say Partagas or Monte Cristo or whichever brand it might be. Um, I like to use, uh, first things first, I usually give it a bit of a sand. If you've noticed that the box that you've got, if it is a timber box like that, if it doesn't look like it's been given a coat of clear, look, I would, it is a plywood. Um, parts, of the, parts of the box are um, solid cedar, are usually the sides, but the top and the back uh, quite often are a plywood. Um, they, they're probably a cedar plywood, but they're plywood nonetheless, which means in my book that they're susceptible to water damage. Um, so I would actually give those a, a, a coating as well. Um, two choices. One is, uh, again, I think it starts with a W, Westminster or something like that. Um, it's, it's a lovely shellac. It's an amber shellac. So it is yellow. Uh, it has that yellowy or that... Um, that kind of uh, amber or honey caramelly kind of look to it so if you want to add a little bit of color to the box that's a really lovely one uh, you can do like a nice water-based stain or something around the edges and give it a little bit of uh, give it a little bit of personality if you wanted to uh, that often works really nicely as well but that's a good one and the other brand is Zinsa Zinsa uh, it starts with a Z, but Zinsa, I'm sure it is. This is off the top of my head again. Um, now, that's actually a clear shellac, and I'm, I'm finding myself using that on guitar necks. I'm using that on uh, oak or maple fretboards. I'm using that uh, if I just want a clear finish on um, some of the printed guitars, actually. And it's a very organic kind of material because it is made from beetles basically so it's, it's quite organic and you can find little little inclusions in it and little dusty bits and little sometimes you can find that type of thing i don't mind that i don't find that i don't see that as being a a, a negative to be honest with you it's it's to me it's actually quite okay so there is that um the other thing is it's really nice just to kind of if you if you do have a, a very nice finish on a guitar or if it's nice grain if you do have a lovely grain on the top of a box or on the bottom of a box so don't forget you can always use the sometimes some of these guitars will come to you like my lightning boy range where i actually use the bottom of the box as the soundboard so i actually flip it and the artworks on the underside and the uh the the, the timber the bare timber is actually on the top of the box so sometimes with that i'll actually find a really really beautiful grain uh, in that ply, which is really surprising sometimes, and uh, I often find that's that 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 clear shellac is really lovely for that. So they're the types that I would do. Give the guitar a good few days to um, just to basically to cure. Uh, if it feels tacky, if the weather's been humid, then I wouldn't reattach anything. Just give it a couple of days until it's nicely cured. Now, obviously, these points that I'm giving you this. If you're a cigar box guitar builder, which I'm expecting that is why you have joined the show today, um, if you're a beginner and you and you and you haven't been doing this, maybe consider doing this. It is a really nice thing. If you are sell, if you're building them for yourself, then fair enough, whatever. But if you are building them for sale, think of your customer. I often say, have a think about what they're uh, what they're going to say, how they're going to use it. 
we don't know if the guitar is going to a particularly hot climate sometimes we don't know if the person who you know might be playing it you know might be you know big fella might be a or less you know 150 kilos and a bit sweaty on a hot day and you don't want people going through you know and even lightweight you know it's it's you know and and sweaty it's like take care of the guitar um it's something that you might want to do so it once it's all you know once everything's nice and dry and you and you, you're quite comfortable with it then of course reassemble the guitar and off you go all right so let's look at some other things now let's look at so that was the box that was uh taking care of finish making sure if it hasn't been finished you're going to be able to give the guitar a little bit of longevity um, you know, by, by giving it a clear coat. All right, so moving on, let's look at strings. Um, the strings on your guitar, you might use different types of strings, but generally, I would assume you're going to be using steel strings uh, of some sort. I would generally assume that you wouldn't be using nylon strings, unless, of course, we're talking about a cigar box ukulele. Now, that is a different, different kettle of fish, and that's... You know that's uh, that's all good too, but in this case we're going to talk about most people who build piezo uh, or acoustic uh, style cigar box guitars. I would assume that most people would be stringing those up with acoustic strings. Okay. Um, the next thing would be, of course, electric guitar strings uh, for. Uh, a cigar box guitar like my Lightning Boys or Rolling Thunders, for example, which use electric guitar pickups, you're going to want to use uh, an electric guitar brand of strings. And I've just hit upon that little thing, a brand of strings. I, um, I've played around with a few different, uh, few different strings and I've really kind of settled on uh, the strings that I really, really like. Um, I've actually settled on the Ernie Ball. Um, strings for uh, for my guitars. Um, a simple reason for that is this: they're really good quality. Um, they, they're long. They're quite a nice long string. So if you you're using a 25 and a half inch scale length, but you may have uh, your uh, locking point or where you might have your strings coming through the tail end of a guitar, instead of being 25 and a half inch for the scale length, you may be needing something like a 35 inch string if it's very long or if you've got a long headstock. And sometimes some of the cheaper strings that I've found around, I'm sorry to say this, they are a bit short. Uh, I run out of when I've been winding on the, for example, a D string, um, uh, which on my guitars is the machine head that's furthest away from the body. Cause I'll put two, two machine heads on the top of my guitars uh, on the left hand side when you're looking at it from the top and one on the right and uh, I just find that I run out with some of the cheaper sets I do run out of the the winding so on the D string which I don't like uh, I really like having that locked in place really tight um, so I, I've uh, and I'd make no secrets about it I do stock Ernie Ball strings at the shop and so for me it's obviously it's a, it, it is a question of money because I can string two guitars up you know with one packet of strings um, I'll do uh, I usually do the electric guitar strings um, or the lightning boys and the rolling thunders with uh, ADG strings so you know the 543 and I, then I generally string the hurricane guitars which mine are my fretless piezo um, also, uh, I tend to use 
the no that'll be it yeah <laughs> so for the fretless guitars I'm generally using the E the B and then the high E uh, so that's usually how I'll go through a whole set and I'll use one set for two different types of guitars uh, it'll be the same again for any piezo powered uh, acoustic style guitar which I'll generally uh, I generally use um, acoustic strings for but to be honest with you I really don't care it's it's you know, I, I'm getting a lot of, I'm getting some really great feedback from customers. I'm actually using the um, uh, electric guitar strings, which I find them really, they're quite zingy. And especially with a cigar box guitar, which is using a piezo pickup, which is put in the, in the correct position. Um, I definitely think that, that I can get brilliant sounds out of a set of electric strings on a, on a piezo powered acoustic too. So, you know, be as it may. Anyway, taking care of your strings. Use good quality strings. That's all I'm going to say. So, you know, that that, that would be my strong suggestion for you. Uh, there may be some news from that from Birdwood Guitars in the near future uh, regarding that. But going forward, this is basically what we're going to what we're going to be doing. Um, when you finish playing it, it's really simple. You don't need any of the fancy schmancy string cleaning clamps or clips or any of that sort of stuff. All you need is just a nice absorbent piece of just microfiber cloth. Uh, or a piece, just a nice, just an old T-shirt if you want. Just pop in and pop an old T-shirt in your in your gig bag, or you know, bit of whatever you've got there, and just give the strings a clean after you've played them. Uh, you'll find that if you put your if you put your guitar away, ridden hard and still sweating, uh, two things will happen. One, look, it's going to get worn out. It's it's the acid from your skin or from your sweat's going to really wear away uh, at the finish on the guitar. Even if it's had a clear finish, it'll still wear it away. Um, and also on your strings, you want to keep your strings as zingy as possible. You will really want to keep them keep keep them not going tarnished. So a suggestion would be, and I will say this, I really don't like Elixir style strings. I don't like coated strings. I hate them in fact. I really, really, really detest them. They just, for me, they're just yuck. I don't like the way they feel. I don't like the way they sound. And that's just me. Call me an idiot. Call me insane. That's just me. Alright, so, you know, go and try everything and see what you like. But try a good set of strings. So a nice, good quality set of strings. That would be the only thing I would say. Um, give them a clean, give them a good wipe down before, even before you play, but give them a wipe down definitely after you've played and before you've popped it away. Um, the other thing is that if you do clean it with a cloth, clean the sweat off your guitar with a cloth on a hot day or whatever, don't lie the, the cloth on top of the guitar when you put it in the case, because all you're doing is keeping the sweat on the guitar. Give it a clean and, you know, either pop it in the, pop it in a pocket, pop it off to the side, or give it an air, or just make sure you just change that cloth every now and again too, because at the end of the day, you are transferring the sweat and all that sort of stuff. So you, you know you're just going to transfer it from one point to another, and then if you go and lie it on top of your guitar, you just you're not really doing anything, are you? So that would be a suggestion. Uh, also, all right, so let's look at cleaning the guitar. So if you've had the guitar for a while. Um, and you've noticed it's getting a bit dusty, it's getting a bit mank. Uh, a, make sure it's, obviously make sure it's sealed um, and someone's used a clear coat on it. What you can use, um, you can actually get like cleaning solutions and polishing compounds and stuff like that. I strongly suggest, don't, you don't need any of that. All you need really is just a nice cloth. 
just give it a nice clean with a nice cloth. That's all you need. Um, I actually like hanging on to a small soft bristle um, brush as well, a paintbrush. Uh, and I find that if, if I ever get dust in spots where I, you know, I don't want to take the strings off maybe, so it might be that, that dusty spot underneath the strings or near a, near a pickup. Uh, if you use a nice soft um, brush, just loosen the strings up a little bit maybe without, you know, without detaching the bridge, uh, potentially detaching the bridge. But if, if you've just got a nice brush, give it a little brush and get the dust off that way. Maintenance of your guitar is an ongoing thing. Don't leave it for five years and then come back to it and say, oh God, it's gone all mouldy. You know, well, of, of course it's gonna do that. Just, you know, every now and again, just give it a little bit of a wipe down. Um, I tend to keep my guitars, I've got two favorite guitars. Um, one is my Les Paul, that stays at home, that doesn't go to the shop. Uh, and the other one is a, um, is a cigar box guitar, which was made by a good friend of mine uh, in the States. And, um, that's, that stays with me forever. That doesn't go into the shop. That doesn't get sold. That's my guitar. I've modified it since, actually. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's a lovely guitar. I've done some work on it, done a bit of work on it. But it was, yeah, it's great fun. And the same situation, really, with that is, you know, because I don't put my guitars in cases, I don't like keeping them in cases. I like to see them out. Um, mainly because, I'll give you an example, my Les Paul guitar, which was, I had for basically lived under the bed for five years. Now, I've had this guitar for 20 years. I've got a, my wife bought it for me for my first anniversary, our first anniversary. Don't worry, she did all right too, but I think I did better. Um, so she, uh, uh, you know, I've got this guitar and I think out of, out of the time that I've had it, half the time it's, it's lived in the case underneath the bed, especially in the 90s, not 90s, in the, in the, in the noughties, when I was focused very heavily on, on uh, more of a corporate type of job, uh, you know, actually, yeah, you know, it's work and work and work and work and work, and the guitar lived in the case, and of course, it only ever came out once every couple of months for a quick play, and then it went back in the case again. So, I've, since, uh, since opening the shop, really, um, two and a half years ago, uh, I took the guitar out of the case probably about a year and a half ago, and I pretty much play that guitar every single day. I, don't, I often, most of the times, like 90% of the times, I don't even plug it in. I just sit there on the bed and I'll just have a play of the guitar. And it's the same with the cigar box guitar. So, same situation, just when I give it a play, when I've played them for a bit. And I'm, look, do what I say, don't do what I do. <laughs> you know, because every now and again, I, I won't give them a wipe down after I've had a play of them. You know, they'll just, they'll go back next to the bed or the, next to the bed, bed, you know, bed stand or, and I'll, uh, you know, and every now and again, I'll kind of go, oh, they're a bit dusty. So all I do, I just get a, a nice dry microfiber cloth. I don't put anything on it. I don't use any solutions, anything at all. And I just give it a dry clean. And that's all it needs because the, gu the guitars had, obviously the Gibsons had a pot, had, you know, it's got a, um, it's got a nitro finish on it. So, that just gets a that just gets a gentle cloth, a bit of microfiber cloth, and that's it. And then, of course, there's the the cigar box guitar, and same situation again. It's it's had a clear finish. Um, it's got a, a Duke Brothers neck on it, um, and it's it's absolutely beautiful. It's uh, got a zebra wood zebra wood fretboard. Um, you know, it's it's a stunning guitar. And but I give it a wipe down every now and again, but not not with any any 
cliff or anything like that, just a plain microfiber cloth without anything on it, and it comes up a treat. It really buffs up really, really nicely, just with a little bit of, just get the dust off it, just give it a nice cleanup. Um, all right, things not to use. Don't use things like Mr. Sheen or household furniture, um, you know, anything abrasive, anything that's going to tear through finish. And, um, you know, in Australia, we've got a brand called Mr. Sheen. I remember someone polished the guitar with Mr. Sheen and, oh, it was not good. It was not, it just, yeah, it was pretty yucky and there was residue and there was just, that nah, was, it was pretty yucky stuff. So I, I would suggest not using that. Uh, it maybe used a half a can on it. I don't know, but it was really pretty gross. Um, if you need to use something, here's, here's a really great suggestion. Um, and this, I think, comes from Dan Early One. Uh, just a tiny bit of very delicately gentle, gent very lightly soapy, warm water. Uh, actually, just on, if you've got any nasty spots, just a little tiny bit of warm water, not near any open timber, uh, not near any uh, nasty cracks or anything like that that may be happening in old nitro. You want to keep water and things away from that if you can. Um, but where it's where it might be a really, just not so that the cloth is wet, but I'd get a little bit of water on there and then squeeze it out so that it's, it's, it's almost touch dry, but there'll be that tiny little bit of residue on it. And I'd just give that a little bit of a clean, uh, just a little bit of a wipe. Um, funnily enough, on some guitars, which are really, really, really gross, um, a bit of Windex. You know, on a cloth, tiny bit of Windex on a cloth, get it in there. It's ammonia. Uh, I maybe wouldn't use it on a vintage guitar, but if if you if someone's brought in a you know, like a nineteen you know two thousand no, you know two thousands Squire or something like that, and it's come out of a come out of a dumpster or something like that, and you want to give it a bit of a clean up, you know, or you know whatever. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd kind of hit a little bit on that and a little bit of cloth, and I find that works really well too. But yeah, it's not something I would suggest, obviously, for vintage guitars or for guitars that have got, uh, or cigar box guitars. So there, there are a couple of the big things, just keeping it clean, give it a wipe down. It's very simple stuff, guys, kind, kind of common sense. Um, the other thing would be, again, just, all right, with your frets, uh, what you'll find over time, depending on what fret, which frets people have used uh, on the guitars, if you have a fretted guitar, um, you can actually take that into a luthier if you wanted to, if your frets are starting to wear out. I mean, it's this is a guitar. Don't treat it like just a box with a stick through it. This is especially if you love the love the instrument. It is an instrument. Don't don't ever be afraid of taking it into a luthier. Luthiers love shit like this. Seriously, it just any crazy old guitar, anything anything like a cigar box guitar. When people bring them in, luthiers love them because it's all part of the family. You know, they're they're, they're wonderful. You know, most luthiers, if any luthier turns their nose up, they're, well, they're an asshole. Sorry. It's, these are just gorgeous little instruments and they're beautiful and they need to be treated with a bit of respect. You know, regardless of how they've been made, if it's made, been made in a backyard by, you know, by your uncle's, Uncle Tim or whatever, you know, it's, this is something that's been built because someone wanted to build something. So we treat it with respect. So people bring things into me that are homemade. Man, I love that. That's just the best, you know. Um, but, Here's a little trick for you, and it's it's really quite, re really rather simple. If you do have frets and they're really manky, uh, and you'll find that if you if your frets are really dirty and stained and all getting corroded and 
Um, a little bit of quadruple steel wool is fantastic. So what you can do, tape off, uh, tape off the area in between the frets, the fingerboard, leave the frets exposed, and then get a little bit of quadruple steel wool, a little bit, and just run back and forwards over those frets and just bring the shine back. And you'll be surprised how that will make your your old guitar or your neglected guitar or you know even if you love the guitar it's not neglected but you'd be surprised how quickly strings can tarnish over a year and especially if it's been a really humid year um you know that's that's something that you could definitely do um now as far as the electrics are concerned uh the electrics can be an interesting thing make sure that your uh your machine heads are turning nicely um, now there's a couple of things that you can use uh, if your machine heads are really 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 stiff or they're getting stiff or they're getting old or they've been built using secondhand parts which you know a lot of the times people do um, you might find that you've got a, a machine heads that are just old they're tarnished um, now, some people can do suggest with the open machine head, if they're the closed machine heads, there's not really a lot you can do. And they'll stay closed, and you don't really have to do much with those. They, they pretty much will take care of themselves, mostly. Um, if you've got acoustic-style machine heads which have a cover on the back, you can remove the cover. It it's, can be a bit pernickety sometimes, but you can actually remove those covers. Um, Look, most people will tell you to use, and I do use occasionally if I have to, a little tiny, little tiniest, tiniest dab of three-in-one oil um, just to get in there. And it does make a big, big, big difference. Don't use too much because you don't want it to soak into the timber because it can ruin the finish and ruin the timber. Uh, but the tiniest, tiniest little bit does help. I'm going to try and find... Now, apparently there is a, a spray or a powder. It's a silicon... It's a dry silicon type powder which um i have been suggested and i think it's for it might be for skateboard trucks or it might be for something like that it's it's basically like a silicon thing you just rub it and the silicon sticks to the metal and it acts as a lubricant so it's like a dry lubricant so i'm still looking for that and if i find it in the meantime i'll definitely um uh, catch you up on that uh so that's strings that's the guitar body that's the frets uh, the neck, of course, we just treat the same as the guitar body. Look, if, if uh, I use a lot of things like tongue oil, uh, so if you find over a couple of years that your the guitar's losing a little bit of sheen, hit it with a bit more tongue oil. Um, someone asked me about beeswax before. I'm sure beeswax is fine. It's, it's any of these natural types of things are great. Um, if you've got an open, because I like building my guitars quite often with an open pour. Uh, I do like the way the timber feels, so I'll generally use maybe four or five coats of tongue oil on a guitar but it's still basically it's still bare timber so what you do want to do is try and uh, you know every now and again if the timber's looking a bit dry or especially where your hands have been um, I wouldn't worry about getting rid of any dark stains where your hands have been that's all part of the history of the guitar I wouldn't worry about trying to wipe any of those things out uh, you can't really anyway um, but just hit it with a little bit more tongue oil um, you can buy small pots of it and it lasts forever it really really does it doesn't you know you can go back to it um, that might be about it as far as electrics and things like that just make sure you your the jack inputs are all nice and tight and they're still firm uh, make sure that the volume and tone controls if if you have them they're not jiggling 
Uh, if they are, take the take the tops off, and you should be able just to tighten the the, the little the little nut on the top of the of the potentiometer. Um, you know, it's just a little th- just little things like that. Um, I hope that helps. That's you know, and these are just things as a beginning beginner builder. These are some things that maybe you might want to have a little look at. Uh, a how to keep a guitar nice and clean but also how to set the guitar up for the customer so that it looks brilliant straight straight off the stand or straight out of your shop or straight off ebay or whatever selling method you're using your customer looks at it for the first time and says wow that is so great i'm so happy i got it so uh keep building have fun uh it's been adam from birdwood guitars uh, you can catch me at www.birdwoodguitars.com uh, if you want to go and have a look at the website, which you're very welcome to do, of course. Uh, and if you want to get in contact with me, you can get in contact with me at birdwood.guitars at gmail.com. Otherwise, uh, leave a message if you like in the group. Um, if you've heard this for the first time, we do have a group uh, on Facebook. It is called the Cigar Box Guitar Builder. And we also have a, uh, a YouTube channel called the Cigar Box Guitar Builder as well. And uh, jump on there, check out some things, and... If you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask. And uh, catch you later. Bye.